Our scripture this morning is found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7. And we're going to be reading verses um, 11 through 17. So read along with me. Gospel of Luke, chapter 7, verses 11 through 17. Soon afterwards he went to a city called Nain, and his disciples were going along with him, accompanied by a large crowd. Now as he approached the gate of the city, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a sizable crowd from the city was with her. When they saw her, he felt compassion for her and said to her, Do not weep. And he came up and touched the coffin, and the bearers came to a halt. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. The dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Fear gripped them all, and they began glorifying God and saying, A great prophet has risen among us. And, and God has visited his people. The report concerning him went out all over Judea and in all the surrounding district. And may God add the blessing to the reading of his word. Have you ever noticed someone who was compassionate um, and generally showed that compassion to others? That is, that's, to me, is an admirable quality trait. Have you ever been a recipient of someone who was compassionate and showed you compassion? How did you make that? How did that make you feel? How did that make you feel inside? How did that? How did it just even with your emotions? How did that make you feel? How did that change your mind? How did that change your temperament? How did that change? what you were going through at that moment and at that, at, that, at that time. Think about that. Today, Jesus showed and displayed compassion to a widow by bringing, by bringing healing and actually bringing her son back to life. Uh, the people saw this. Um, they glorified God, and then they began to spread the news about what Jesus had done. Our, we're going to be going through three points today. Compassion, healing, and glorifying God. Our first point, compassion. Soon afterwards, he went to a city called Nain, and disciples were going along with him, accompanied by a large crowd. So, by this time in Jesus' ministry, Jesus is developing a following. And people are following him because of his words, and because his words have life, his words have power, his words have uh, they strike a chord with people because they go beyond what the teachers of the day would have. They seem to there's something different about what Jesus says and what he and what he and, and, and how he says it and how he brings it about. It's with, with power. It's with authority. It's with he knows what he's saying and he knows what he's talking about and it has substance to it. But also he does miraculous things as well. So whenever you have miraculous things going on, there's always going to be a crowd. And so this crowd is following Jesus. And Jesus is walking with his disciples. And along comes, as he approached the city gate, a dead man was being carried out. A dead man. Mark those words, dead man. He wasn't sick. He was dead. And so they're 
carrying him out of the city as he went to approach the city. So, there's not a whole lot, like today, and when we think about it in medical terms, there's not a whole lot that you can do if someone's dead. He's dead, he's dead, and that's it. You take him to the coroner, and then that's it. Well, in this case, it was no different. The man was dead, and there wasn't a whole lot that you could do about it in practical terms, in everyday practicality. But when the Lord saw her, okay, now it was, uh, there was a man who was being carried out, and he was the only son of his mother, and the woman was a widow. So here was, this woman had already lost her husband. So she didn't have a whole lot, and so she didn't have a whole lot of means to be able to, I'm sure, to live on, because the primary support, I guess, in, the, in that culture in that day was from their husband. And then now her son has died as well. So imagine putting yourself in that woman's shoes. Here she is a widow, doesn't, she lost her husband, and now she loses her only son. So now what does she have? Who does she have? No one. She has no one at all. Now put, put yourself in her shoes. Imagine how she must feel. You know, those of us who have kids or those of us who have raised children, and then we lost someone, imagine how you, you would feel in that situation. You lose a spouse, or you lose a child. And imagine the emotion that you must be going through, the, 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 the anguish and the, and the suffering and the pain that's in your heart. Right? Just think about that. I mean, just, just imagine that. On top of, and, and now she's a widow, and now, well, how is she going to support herself? How is she going to take care of herself? She can't pull herself up by her bootstraps. We say that. As if, you know, someone will pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Well, if you're a widow in that culture, and you lose your husband, your son, you can't necessarily pull up yourself by a bootstrap and say, be strong. And, and that's what we do sometimes. We say, be strong, you can do this. And that's not always an appropriate or proper thing to say, is it? But the, the reality is, is that this woman was feeling pain and suffering. And Jesus knew it. And Jesus knew it. He could see it on her face. He could see it in her history. He, he, he knew the situation was going on. And how did he react? He says, oh, I'm sorry for you. I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you, and they go on his way. Is that what Jesus did? Is that what Jesus did? What did Jesus do? And when the Lord saw her, he did what? He felt compassion for her and said to her, Do not weep. Sometimes we dismiss emotion, don't we? as a flighty feeling that doesn't really have any substance. Well, emotion has a lot of substance because emotion was, um, emotions were created by God and God shows and displays emotions all the time. Love is an emotion. 
Where would we be if God did not display his emotion of love? Where would we be? What, did Je what emotion did Jesus show here? The emotion of compassion. He felt compassion for this woman. Woman who had lost her husband. Woman who had lost her son. And he felt something deep inside for her. <clears throat> he was able to enter in to this woman's suffering and this woman's pain and the, all that this woman was going through. And can you imagine how that would feel? Do you know that someone knows and understands what you're going through? And can feel and can enter into it with you? That's what compassion does. Compassion enters into what the other person is going through. And you feel for them. You don't dismiss what they're going through. You don't dismiss what's happening in their life. You don't dismiss their circumstances. You don't gloss over it. You don't say anything short. You don't say anything that's turt. You don't say anything that's going to... Well, it, it, like you take it lightly. Like it's this is nothing. But compassion understands the relevance and the, and the actual circumstances and enters into it with them. And that's what he did with this woman. He entered into, by showing compassion, he felt compassion, feeling, emotion. He felt it for her. As children of God, one of the things, as God was showing me was, one of the things, if we're going to be effective Christians as believers in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, one of the, and, we, and we want to see healing in other people's lives, and we want to see other people get healed and other people's lives get healed. I'm not just talking about physical healing. I'm talking about inner healing, emotional healing, mental healing, whatever other type of healing folks need in their lives. If we want to see that in other people's lives, we first have to have an understanding and a feeling for what people are going through and what people have going on in their lives. They feel what? Compassion for the person's situation. If you don't care about the person's situation, if you're not entering into that person's situation, that person's not going to have an opportunity for healing. They're not going to have it. They're not going to have it. They won't. But if you, the first step for seeing another person healed is what? Is showing compassion and healing. Because you're saying, yeah, I recognize what's going on in your life. I recognize the pain that you're going through. I recognize and I understand the suffering that's going on in your life right now. I understand that. And I'm entering it into it with you. And I, I want to see you get better. I want to see you get well. I want to see you, I want to see life in you. And so compassion is the first step in seeing healing in the lives of others.
And know what compassion says, though, about us? When we show compassion, we really show love. And we're a changed people. We're changed when we show compassion. Compassion shows a gentler side of us, doesn't it? Rather, so often you hear about people who see someone else getting mugged, and they walk, well, they walk right by, and they, they notice as if nothing's going on. And they don't enter in to help, show, help the other person. <coughs> and they don't care about the other situation. I, I'm just going to, I'm thinking about me and myself, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to avoid this whole thing altogether. You see that, like in some big cities. You heard reports about that. People would watch out their windows, um, someone getting mugged or whatever, someone getting robbed. And it's like, uh, well, it's no big deal. And that's, that's the opposite of compassion. Compassion would say, okay, I need to do something about this. I'm entering, that person's in pain, that person's in suffering, and I need to go and do something. And that's what compassion says. Compassion says, yes, I need to do something. I need to enter into this person, with this person. And what did Jesus do? And Jesus is always so practical. He's not just always this mystical thing that I think people think that he is. But what is the first thing he did? He says, do not weep. Because how, how do you think the emotions were in this woman right now? She was, lost her husband, lost her son, her only son, so he has nobody. And what does Jesus say? He felt, first, one of the first things he did was, he felt compassion, but now he spoke compassion, didn't he? He says, do not weep. Don't weep. See, Jesus is very practical. We don't always like the word practicality because it sounds cold. But in reality, in this particular sense, Jesus was practical and, and knowing that this woman needed to hear those words. You can show compassion, but if there's no action behind compassion, then it doesn't really mean anything, does it? Does it? It doesn't. But compassion will be an action, and you can act on your compassion. In this case, Jesus acted on it in two ways. Number one, he said, do not weep. That was the first step. And now, the woman is starting to feel like he understands. He really understands. He really knows. He's taking time out. He's got a big crowd around him. I'm sure he's busy. But he's taking time out for me. I'm a little old widow, and widows weren't really look, looked upon with any real respect. I mean, they should have been, because the Bible tells us God, said, God um, is a father to the fathers and a husband to widows. It says that in the scripture. And so God has a special heart for widows, but in that culture, they weren't really well looked upon. And Jesus was looking upon her in compassion and saying, yes, woman, do not weep. Do not weep. So that's the first step. And for us, when we enter into compassion, the first thing that we, that we need to do is show that compassion in the lives of others. When we enter in. Is there someone in your life, is there someone that's going on that you know that is really going through? 
that's really, really going through it. How do you feel about that person? How do you feel about that situation that the person's going through? How do you feel about it? Do you feel compassion for that person? For that situation? Do you feel that? Do you enter into that with that person? And if you do, how have you entered in? How have you shown compassion to that person? How have you done it? Has it been a word? Has it been a note? Has it been a, just a kind gesture? Maybe a touch? Have you entered into that situation of compassion, showing compassion to that person in that situation? Because that's what brings healing, folks. That's what brings healing. And I want you to really think about different situations in our life. There's people in our lives right now that need for us to show them compassion. Now. There's people in our lives now that need us to feel compassion for them. Not feeling sorry for them, but showing genuine, godly compassion for them. And then acting on that compassion. Whether it be a word. Whether it be a note. Whether it be a pat in the back. Whether, whatever God shows you at that time. But that's where the healing begins, folks. That's where the healing begins for that other person. And you know what? And, and, and when we do that, when we show compassion... What happens to us as well? What happens to us? We get healed as well. Because by us showing compassion and us reaching out to others, what happens to us? We're healed in the same way. And we're healed in our hearts and our lives. Because as we reach out, God heals us. And when we reach out and bring healing to others, God brings healing to us. So it's a reciprocal thing that God does. But that's, what, that's how God wants us to do. See, God is very practical, but he wants, us, he wants us to be his hands and feet. And there's people in our lives that I can't touch, that I don't even know they exist. But you know they exist because they're in your lives and in your, they're in your circle. You know who they are. God knows who they are. But God wants to use you, each and every one of us, to be recipients and to be givers of compassion and also recipients. And if, and if someone, if God says we need, to be, we, need, we need to receive compassion, if someone wants to give us compassion and show us compassion, let us receive it. Don't push it away. Because sometimes we may do that. Say, well, I don't need it. I'm strong. But if we need it, then we need to be a recipient of it. Well, let's go on here. And, and our last part, our second part, it says, And he came up to touch the coffin, and the bearers came to a halt, and he said to the young man, I say to you, arise. The dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. So that's the second act of practical compassion that Jesus showed. 
He brought healing. He brought healing. Not only did he say healing, not only did he feel healing, he spoke healing, but he also brought healing in a real live way. And this young man was raised back to life. And the woman was not only was the son healed and brought to life, but think about this. The woman wasn't alone anymore, was she? Was she? Who did she have back? She had back her son. And so healing is not just of medical healing sometimes, or physical healing. But sometimes healing comes in the form of having an emotional healing, of having renewed life. She got a, she got a healing for her son, but she also got a healing in her emotion, in her heart, because she got her son back. And God cares about her circumstances. God cares about her situation. God knows every detail, every minute detail of our lives and our situations. And He cares about that. He knows when a very hairs there, He knows the very number of hairs in our head. He knows when one comes out, He knows when one grows in. If He knows that, how much more does He care about the things that are going on in our lives? And God brought healing to this woman by bringing her son back, but He brought healing in her heart as well. She was no longer alone. She had her son back. And see, God knows the very things that are going on in our lives. God knows the very things that are happening in our lives and our heart. He knows, he knows, he knows. And don't think because God hasn't answered that he's oblivious to what's going on in our lives. He's not. He's not. He's fully... Fully aware of what's going on. And sometimes God will bring physical healing. Sometimes he may not. But one way or the other, God's always going to bring healing in our lives. Whether it's on the inside, or whether it's the physical healing. But one way or the other, God will always bring healing in our lives, if we allow him to. Healing of hurts, healing of memories, healing of loneliness, healing of hurt and pain and suffering. God will always do it. But He wants sometimes to use us to do it. He says, I can't do it. Yes, we can. Saying that kind word, doing that practical thing that can really help that person. Being a friend to somebody in need at a time when they're needy. And coming alongside them. Being there, writing a note. That can be an act of healing for someone. Where they were feeling lonely and they're feeling afraid and they're feeling, and they get that note at that right time. Thank you. Wow, thank you. Thanks. And that brought healing for their soul. And who and how did that healing come? God used who? Each one of us. Because we're God's hands and feet. 
We're the body of Christ. And there's no Lone Rangers in the body of Christ. We all need each other. And the reality is, is that when we do those things, again, we bring healing to others, but then we get healing ourselves. We do. But when we step outside of ourselves, and we step into the lives of others, God brings healing to us as well. Let's finish up here. Glorifying God. And fear gripped them all. Fear is not that I'm afraid of you. Fear is, is that it's a respect of reverence for God. And wow, God. God, God had done, God had done, did this through Jesus. So it was a fear that gripped all the people. The fear of God. This is a healthy fear. It's a healthy reverence. It's a healthy understanding of what they just witnessed and what they just saw of the power and the mighty working of God in their lives. And they saw that, they said, wow. Wow. They were like in reverence and awe. It's like, remember, have you ever been in a situation where you just, you just saw something and you just, you know, words can't articulate what you just saw and you're just out of respect? Like, You know, and that, that's in that kind of situation, that's what happened there. And then they began to do what? They began glorifying God. What did they do? They acknowledged God. They didn't acknowledge a person, but they acknowledged God for what, they glorified God for what had happened. They recognized that God had been working through Jesus to bring this young man's life back from the dead. And they glorify God. They gave God the glory. Not an individual. And so often in our culture and our society, we look at individuals for their accomplishments, the great accomplishments they have done. And we praise the individual. Rather than, when God does something, rather through someone else, rather than glorifying Him. Because who, who gives us, who gives God His, who gives His people the power and ability to be able to heal or to, to do miraculous things. It's God. So it doesn't belong to a person. The glory doesn't belong to any man. It belongs to Him. And so the people recognized that this was an act of God and that God had done it, and so they were glorifying God and giving it back to Him. And they were saying, a great prophet has risen among us, and they were, thinking, they were looking at, like, Elijah. Like, Elijah had done great miracles. I mean, great... Great things. And, and they're looking at Jesus in the, in the light of a great prophet has come among us. And God has visited us through, his, through Jesus. And this report concerning him went out all over Judea and in the surrounding district. So not only did they glorify God, but they also spread the report about how God was working through Jesus. And the report spread. See, when God does something... And when we allow God to use us, we glorify God, but also the report about what God has done to us will spread. And we need to spread and let others know about the great things that God has done. Because how is His kingdom going to spread? How is His kingdom going to go abroad? How is His kingdom going to go and spread throughout all the world? By hearing and listening of the great things that God has done. And with wonderful things that he has done. 
And that's when people hear that and people understand what God has done, they're saying, this is God, this is only a God, I need to tell others, I need to let others know. And so I just want to encourage us as we just, as we just review what, what God was saying here this morning, is that if, if we see someone's in need, we need to be aware of people's, of who people, of what's going on in people's lives. And if they're in a situation, we need to feel compassion for them. We need to know that what's going on in their lives. And then we need to be able to, in that compassion, enter into it with them. And then be able to show practically compassion in their lives, whether it be by word or whatever. And if God allows us um, to bring physical healing, wonderful. But if God still wants to use us to enter into bring healing into their lives so that um, they, can, they can experience true healing. And then go glorify God and then, and then go let others know of the great work that God has done in you and in your lives and the lives of others. Bottom line is to show compassion and everything else will follow from there. Amen.